Today is Monday, May 10th, and we're almost done, y'all. We're almost through the season. We're about four games away from the, the end of the NBA basketball season. And as always, we got a lot to discuss. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about a few things. One thing we're going to be talking about is the great debate. Uh, if you don't know what the great debate is, it's basically the conversation about who the greatest, you know, players of all time are, whether that be Michael Jordan or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Magic Johnson, LeBron James. So we're going to be having a conversation about that. We're also going to be talking about Russell Westbrook speaking of great players, Stephen Curry speaking of great players. Of course, we're going to be talking about the New York Knicks and the Knicks and Dimes segment, but also we're going to be talking about a few other things, including... J. Cole and him signing a deal to play overseas in Africa. So stay tuned for that. But I want to get this show started right with the with the great debate topic. So we're going to just jump right into that. Um, this weekend, I was actually I just came back from Atlanta yesterday, um, had a great time out there. And I ended up having a conversation with my friends in the in a group text. And we were talking about Stephen Curry because, you know, as if you if you're paying attention to anything going on in the NBA right now, Stephen Curry's on an absolute tear, uh, taking the NBA by storm, just going crazy like game after game, you know, ten plus three pointers, you know, in multiple games, dropping forty nine points in twenty nine minutes recently, and in my opinion, you know, I I could debate this with anybody. I think that Stephen Curry is the greatest point guard of all time, and and one of my friends he's hung up on the fact that you know Magic Johnson is the you know, the greatest point guard of all time. And I and, and mind you, I don't take anything away from Magic Johnson. But, you know, that's just where I stand. I think that, you know, if I had to choose out of all the point guards that ever played basketball, if I had to choose, you know, my, my team and I'm putting together, Stephen Curry the first player that I'm picking if I had to choose at that position. But anyway, we were also talking about um, players like uh, Kareem, we're talking about players like Zion. I'm actually I gotta go back into the into the text thread to to remember exactly the players that we were talking about. I think we were talking about Wilt Chamberlain, if I'm not mistaken, and the numbers that he was putting up and how incredible that was, and how I don't think that Wilt Chamberlain would be as dominant as he was then, right now in this generation. Now I know a lot of people that are probably gonna be listening to this podcast are going to be looking at me like I'm crazy but I think that the point that I was trying to make when I was talking to my you know to my boy in the group text is that 
I think that players only get better. We only they only evolve, you know, learn from the players from the past, learn from players before them. You know, players these days are a lot more athletic, a lot quicker, a lot more skills, a lot more, a lot more versatile. You know, now I'm not saying that Will Chamberlain wasn't a great player. I think that he was, but I don't think that the players that he was going up against on a nightly basis are as good as the players in the NBA today. Now, mind you, I'm not, I wasn't really, you know, obviously I wasn't born. I don't sit down watching every single game that was going on in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. But I do believe that we can agree that, you know, players have come along and we have constantly said we have not seen a player like this. You know, we've, when LeBron came, we, we didn't see a player that big, that quick, you know, that skilled. You know, he was the first of his kind. You know, we don't, we don't usually see players like that. Um, you know, when Magic Johnson was, you know, in the prime of his career, we weren't used to seeing players that size that can pass the ball like he can, that can play all five positions, you know. But now you have guys like Ben Simmons, who, in my opinion, is a modern-day Magic Johnson. You know, same size, same skill set, the ability to play all five positions, you know. So I think that if Ben Simmons was placed in that era, Ben Simmons would be a modern-day Magic Johnson. And if you would have placed Magic Johnson in, in this era, he would be where Ben Simmons is today. Because I don't think that, you know, Magic Johnson was known as a as a premier shooter in the NBA during the, the highlight of his career, you know, the heyday of his career. But he still managed to be a force. But in today's NBA, where shooting is a, I would say, a necessary skill to have as, as a, you know, a premier player, I don't necessarily think that, you know, it would translate as much. Of course, anyone could debate me on that, but that's where that stands. So I look at guys like Will Chamberlain, who is averaging like 50 points in a season. I couldn't, I can't say that I, I could see Will Chamberlain doing that today. I can't see I say that. Um, I mean, I can't say that I can see that happening. If if Will Chamberlain were in today's NBA, in my in my opinion, in my humble opinion, I think that he would be like a, like I said in the group chat, like a, a Andre Drummond. You know, a terrific rebounder, able to put the ball in a hole. He was huge. You know, he was seven feet something. Uh, I think seven one, maybe seven feet, like two hundred and eighty five pounds. So I think, and he was, and he was obviously very skilled and, and fast on the court. So he would definitely, you know, like I said, be a, an all star. But I don't necessarily think that he would be as dominant as he was. You know. I look at guys like Shaq. Shaq is probably, my, in my opinion, the, the most dominant center of all time. I think that Shaq would uh, um, definitely be a terror in the NBA today. But would he be as, hmm, uh, let's say, I guess, would he be as valuable, maybe? I don't know if valuable is the, the right word, but I just don't necessarily think that Shaq would be as valuable as he was back then in this NBA where, you know, shooting is, again, something that most players have, well, it's necessary for most teams. You know, Shaq would definitely still be a force down low, but not being able to shoot the free throw in this in this game, you know, not being able to stretch the floor, I don't necessarily know if he would be able to dominate as much as he, as he wanted to. But, you know, that Shaq is definitely one of a kind. So he's one of those players, like, again, I'm not necessarily sure how his, his career will pan out because he's not one of those players that was, you know, playing too far, far back, you know, Shaq was in, you know, an MVP in 
in the modern game, you know, in the 2000s, early 2000s at that. But he's a player that I think could still be a force right now, but I'm not sure that uh, he would be as dominant as he was. But like I said, that's just my opinion on that. Um, I also want to continue it's the conversation and just saying, like, I think it makes sense that you would take players of, you know, this day and age over play granted you know the game was more physical back then and pl- and players probably wouldn't be allowed to do a lot of the same things that they were doing back then in this game so some players would probably excel more some players would probably you know not do as, as good but i think that like i said man the players in this generation are just way more skilled so if you take a step in curve you take a Russell westbrook and you place him you know in a in a when oscar robinson was playing the game granted oscar robinson was a triple double machine too I think that you're looking at Russell Westbrook like Oscar Robertson who, right? He's about to, He's as a matter of fact, I think that Russell Westbrook's playing right now and tonight he's probably going to pass Oscar Robertson's triple-double record. And and I think that in his career, he's probably going to, you know, surpass it tremendously, just like Stephen Curry's doing with the three-point shot right now, right? Steph is only about 83 pointers away from passing Ray Allen for the number one three point uh, three point record or number one three point all time list, and Steph has a lot more game to go, so he's gonna you know shatter shatter that record. We can't tell me that there's any player in the history of the game that can compete with that. He's the best we've seen, and I think that it's okay to say that because eventually there's gonna be somebody that comes through and and is better than Steph. As of right now, obviously, because we're living where we're in this day and age, it's hard to see that. It seems nearly impossible for that to happen. But at some point, that's what's going to have to happen, just like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record. LeBron's going to pass that any moment now, right? So I think it's okay for us to admit when, you know, players that come along are better than players from the past. So that's that on that. Let's continue the conversation a little bit about Russell Westbrook. I think that on this show and in, in, in you know my personal life, I think I've given Russell Westbrook a lot of flack. Not necessarily because I think Russell Westbrook's a bad player, because I've said this on record multiple times that I think Russell Westbrook is a terrific athlete, terrific player. I have on wax that I don't know if I think Russell Westbrook is going to be a, a championship player as a as a number one option. I have said that and I and I truly believe that. Um I still don't even know if Russell Westbrook is gonna win as a number two option. But if he was to win a championship, Russell Westbrook would have to be the third best player on the team. Now, with that being said, he has shown, I mean, he, he I honestly, I don't even think he's shown me anything that I, I haven't seen from Russ. I'm not surprised by the things that he's doing at this point. You know, um, this is regular for him. This is not something that's regular for a lot of players. So I respect the fact that he's able to do this on a nightly basis. And I think I have said that, um, not, I haven't said that Russell Westbrook isn't a winning player, but along, I have alluded to the fact that, again, I don't think he's a championship player. And I wanted to, I don't know if I want to recant that statement, but I want to kind of, I guess, backtrack a little bit on that because the way that Russell Westbrook's been playing this season with Bradley Bill, I think this is the, the I don't know, I mean, unless you were talking about Kevin Durant, who compliments every player, 
I think this has been the best complimentary piece since Kevin Durant. Based on what I'm seeing from these two, I think this is the best uh, player that Russell Westbrook, or the best pairing, you know, because obviously Russell played with James Harden last season. He just played with Paul George. And, you know, all those players are great players. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, you know, Bradley's better than any of those players. What I'm saying is that I think that this combination messes well together. And I think that, you know, the only thing that Washington has been, you know, missing this season is is more, you know, more talent, more talent, basically. You know, they have Rui Hachimura, who's great. They have the, the rookie that they drafted, but I think he's down right now. They had Thomas Bryant, but... They still need more talent on that team. And I think that if they manage to keep Russell and Bradley, they could really be a terror for the Eastern Conference, especially if, if Russell Westbrook can keep up this level of play because he is really wilding out right now. So big up to Russell Westbrook. But again, let's, let's revert back a little bit to Stephen Curry. I wanted to talk about that a little bit because, like I said earlier, Stephen Curry is about 83 pointers away from from getting that Ray Allen record, I mean, the three-point record. Now, most people will look at that like, oh, he's probably going to get it next season. But the way things are shaping up right now, this... Also, I, I guess I forgot to say, like, earlier when I first started the show, another thing that I wanted to talk about in this episode was just the um, the playoff tracker, the play-in and playoff tracker, because there's a lot I want to talk about with that. But um, with Golden State right now, they're sitting pretty at the eighth spot. As of right now, the plans were to start today, which they start next Tuesday. They will be playing the Los Angeles Lakers, which, in my opinion, is showtime. Showtime basketball, box office basketball. And I would be, I would love to see something like that, especially if there's a healthy LeBron, a healthy Anthony Davis, and a healthy um, Andre Drummond on the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, they have Dennis Schroeder. They have a whole bunch of pieces. So even though with, with all that, the fact that Golden State has one player by the name of Stephen Curry, there's a chance that Golden State could win this game. And that's what makes Stephen Curry so magical to watch. Because all you need is Steph and there's hope. Now, granted, you know, you could try to, like, double, triple team him if, if need be. And LeBron and Anthony Davis are nothing to play with. I think that Stephen Curry could put a lot of points on the board very quickly. As a matter of fact, I... I I want to put this on wax that I think that in the next few games, this little battle between him and Bradley Bill is leading up to another David Robinson kind of performance between either one of either one of those players. I think that Steph is is bound to go for seventy plus any given moment now. Same thing with Bradley. I think that he's capable, but I think that Steph is more capable than anybody else right now. The way he's been shooting, how hot he's been, you know. He hasn't even, like I said, he dropped 49 points in 29 minutes. If Steve, if Steve Kerr lets Stephen Curry play a full game, you know, if the game is competitive enough and he's, and he's shooting the way he's been shooting, Stephen Curry's bound to drop 65, 70 points any day now. So look out for that. Um, and I think it could happen against, you know, the Lakers. So that would be dope if Stephen Curry could manage to break the three point record this season if he manages to make the playoffs but you know that's it's too early to tell either way Stephen Curry is doing amazing right now and I'm excited to continue watching that 
Um, I don't want to continue talking about that too much. There's so many other things that I want to talk about, and I don't want to make this episode too long. But I want to move on a little bit to talk about J. Cole for a second. Now, anybody that's familiar with, um, I guess, hip-hop, you know who J. Cole is. If you're you're a basketball fan, I feel like basketball and hip-hop are so synonymous. You know who J. Cole is if you're you're listening to this episode. And this, you know, multi-platinum rapper is such a legend. You know, he already has his own sneaker deal. And I just got word today that he just signed a deal to play for the Rwanda uh, national basketball team, which is wild to think about because there's not many, you know, NBA players. A lot of NBA, I mean, a lot of rappers, you know, have aspirations of going to the NBA or used to play basketball growing up, but there's not many that have the actual talent to do something like this. You know, there's only a few. I, I know that Dave East was one of them, Cameron, Master P, but there's not many. Now, J. Cole is a rapper that's always kind of made references to to basketball. So the fact that he's making this happen and he's been kind of hush-hush about it, you know, there's always rumors that he was going to try out for like the, the G League team or something like that. So the fact that he's getting the chance and opportunity to go play pro basketball right now, first of all, those highlight tapes are going to be crazy. I know there's, you know, big things about NFTs and that's a whole nother conversation, but J. Cole basketball highlights is going to be wild to watch, especially if he's balling out overseas. His his fandom, his legacy is only going to grow stronger. So I'm super excited about that as well as his project, which is going to be coming out in a few days, the um, off season. So that's is a lot, you know, a lot going on with J. Cole right now and super excited about that. But anyway, let's move on to the the most important aspect of the show. Matter of fact, before we even get into that, before we even get into the Knicks segment, uh, let's let's go back. Because, you know, I get excited sometimes and I can move too fast. But I want to talk about this playoff and play-in tracker. Because there's a lot of drama. And this is exactly why the play-in uh, portion of the, the NBA that, that they added is so, so great. Because every every team has something to play for, obviously, unless you're the one of the bottom-feeding teams that have already been eliminated from contention. But even, you know, the number 12th and number 11th seed in the Eastern Conference the number 11th and 12th seed in the Western Conference still have something to play for in this playing tournament. So right now, Philadelphia is already locked. You know, they're locked at number one in the Eastern Conference. Brooklyn's locked at number two. Well, they're not locked at number two, but they're locked in for their playoff spot. Milwaukee's locked in. And you got, you know, the New York Knicks, Atlanta, Miami, Boston, all fighting for, you know, four, five, six, and seven. Really exciting stuff. Uh, Charlotte's already in. And... All of these teams, man, I think that can make it exciting. Obviously, once the playoffs start, it's a different conversation. You got the, you know, the three-headed guys at the top, but every other team, it's, it's going to be war. You know, New York, Atlanta, Boston, Charlotte would be an exciting team to watch in the playoffs. Lamelo being a rookie and and making his playoff debut, his rookie season would be very, very exciting. I would love to see that, but um, obviously, not obviously, but unfortunately. I just heard that Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics got injured. He injured his wrist, I believe, and he's out for the rest of the season, which sucks because the New York Knicks are basically one game away from clinching a playoff spot. They need Boston to lose a game, and they need to win a game for them to clinch one of the top six spots. And hearing that news sucks because the chances of Boston winning now are a lot less, but they still get it done. Don't get me wrong, but... 
I hate, you know, you hate to see it go down like that. Um, Indiana and Washington right now are looking like they're going to be playing against each other for that, for that last playoff spot in the eighth, I mean, the eighth spot in the East. So that's going to be fun to watch, especially the way Bradley and, and Russ have been playing. Karis LeVert is healthy, so Indiana's balling out a little bit. So it's, it's, it's going to be fun, man. I'm telling y'all right now, the Eastern Conference is going to be something to watch out for. The Western Conference is even more dramatic. Like I told y'all, Steph may be playing LeBron, AD, and Andre Drummond. John Moran's going to have his second opportunity to try to make the playoffs in a playing tournament just like last season. Portland right now is sitting at that, that healthy sixth spot. I know LeBron is trying to take that from him. LeBron and AD are trying to take that sixth spot from him. But right now, they're in a good spot. They won the last three games. So shout out to Dame and the Portland Trailblazers. Hopefully, they can keep that spot, man. I really want to see them you know, solidify themselves in the playoffs. Right now, if they played in the playoffs, they'll be playing the number three seed in the Clippers, which would be very fun because the Clippers have been balling out, even though they just took a loss to the squad last night. Anyway, um, speaking of that, let's just get right into it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just too excited to talk about the Knicks, so... With that being said, the Knicks and Dimes segment starts now. And currently, the Knicks are sitting at the fourth spot still in the Eastern Conference. Shout out to the team. I've been telling everybody since the beginning of the season that this was going to be a season that changes for everything for the Knicks. The coach is going to shift for the Knicks, and it's all started this season. So many different things. First of all, I said it on the last episode, I think. I told y'all so. The most improved is, without a doubt, coming out of New York. I said that, and I think I'm going to probably repost that on my Instagram or something like that, that, you know, the most improved player was going to come out of the, the city, out of the, um, out of New York, and that's definitely going to happen. Uh, right now, the Knicks are on this road trip that was supposed to be our toughest road trip, right? Six-game road trip, and a lot of us were content because we thought that the Knicks were going to probably win two out, of, two out of the six games. But right now we're we're sitting at two, three and two. We won three games. We've lost two. We lost against Denver and Phoenix, which I'm not gonna lie, those are the games I expected us to lose. But I also expected us to lose the game last night against the Clippers, which we managed to win. And I'm just loving the fact that the team is just proven. It feels good when the team proves me right, but it feels even better when they prove me wrong. Let me say that again. It feels good when the team proves me right, but it feels even better when they prove me wrong because in the last 11 games, the Knicks were listed as the underdog. They are 8-3. and three. That's a fun fact for the day, man. The Knicks have been showing out, you know, even when, you know, people don't think they can or don't expect much from them, they're showing that they're a lot better than than we actually think. Um, Julius Randle recently said in the post-game interview after last, uh, yesterday's game that in the beginning of the season, they thought that they could compete with any team. At this point in the season, they think they could beat any other team. And that confidence right there, man, it speaks for itself. That's how good the Knicks are feeling right now. We're playing our best basketball. You know, we're about to come home. We got four more games left. We play the Lakers tomorrow. And I believe LeBron's going to be coming back for that. And that's another game, I'm not going to lie, I don't expect us to win. But if we did win, I wouldn't be surprised at this point because we have been balling out. Derrick Rose, of course. Derrick Rose, for first of all, is a legend. I don't know if I've said it before, but if I haven't, I'm saying it again. Derrick Rose is a legend. Hall of Fame, easily, in my opinion. And I think that as long as he, he's going to retire a Nick, as long as he stays here, he's going to win a championship in New York. 
I think it's just going to be so poetic for him and Tom Thibodeau to win a championship in New York. As long as we continue moving in the right direction, I can see that happening. R.J. Barrett is officially shooting 40% from the three-point line. So everybody that was trying to stun on my guy need to pay up the respect. All the people that snubbed him from his all-rookie all rookie team, first and second team, need to start paying up some respect. He's a shooter now. He's a sniper. There's a lot of all-stars out there that's not even shooting 30, 40% from the three-point line. And RJ went from shooting 30, if I'm not mistaken, 32% from his rookie year to 40%. He's another one that people are not talking about that could get most improved, man. He's obviously not going to get it over Julius, but RJ's been balling out all season he's had his games where he's had his rough patches but throughout the season he's been consistently just getting better more confident and he's only going to continue getting better he's only 20 years old i know people get tired of hearing that but i need to understand this kid is going to be a problem for y'all he's going to be a problem man i'm telling you right now but anyway like i said four games left in the season at this point we're 38 and 30 even if we lost all four games when we ended 38 and 34 this has been such a successful season for the Knicks, man. Such a successful season. And this is the first I know of many because Tom Thibodeau has always been a winning coach. And as long as, you know, things are working out with the front office, Leon Rose and Tom Thibodeau have a great relationship. We have a great front office, the, the capologist and, and World, a World Wide West and everybody. I only see great things happening. And I'm going to continue to, you know, give y'all all these updates because it's only going to get more exciting with the, the next few weeks next week is probably going to be the the end of this no it's definitely going to be the end of the season so we're going to get started getting ready for the playing game which is going to be super exciting i was talking to my boy and he's telling me that i got to start putting on more episodes when the playoffs start so i'm gonna see what that's about um for that being said y'all thank y'all for listening until next time